Welcome to Atmosphere Church. My name is Jim Cruz and I'm the lead pastor. We're a new non-denominational life-giving church located in the Conejo Valley, just west of Los Angeles. Let me just say on behalf of all of us here at Atmosphere, thank you for downloading or streaming this service. We pray that it'll touch your heart and change your life. In addition to bringing you today's service, we wanna make ourselves available to you in any way we can. Please leave a comment if you need prayer or if you wanna speak with one of our leaders in any struggle that you may be facing right now, we will be sure to respond to anything you need in your life. Here at Atmosphere, we believe that we should never forsake the gathering together with other believers. Don't use this recorded service as your church experience. Get involved in the local church to the extent that the people there know you by name. If you live in the Southern California area, we would love to invite you to be a part of our community. For more information about our church, go to our official webpage at atmosphere.church. Finally, there's a lot of man hours that are put behind making services and resources like this available that are meant to help you grow and develop as a disciple of Jesus Christ. So if this service and our other resources bless you, would you consider giving back to Atmosphere Church to support not just these things, but to also support the creation of even more resources for you and really for others who are also desiring to grow in their faith. To make a financial donation, simply click on the link on our site that says donate and your gift of any amount is greatly appreciated. Remember, when you give to Atmosphere Church, you're actually giving through Atmosphere to change lives in our church in our city and literally around the world. We've already prayed for you that today's message would speak directly to your heart and empower you to live the life that God has called you to live. Enjoy the service. I am so excited about what we're gonna talk about today. The book of Psalms is something that we've been camped out on all summer. And today we're covering Psalm 23. And you know, it is, one of the most, I can't say it is the most, but it is one of the most read, the most known, and most loved chapters of the entire Bible. Chances are that if you've been walking with the Lord for a while, you've been going to church, you have probably uh, read this. Uh, maybe even like my wife, she memorized this as a first grader, the whole thing. And, and I said, do you still know it? And she just rattled it off like that. I'm like, wow, there's power in memorizing scriptures. Here she was, what, six years old? And she still has it down. So I'm going to attempt to go through this whole thing verse by verse in our time together and give you enough time to be able to enjoy some more worship. But isn't our worship band amazing? I just got to, wow. Like God is just doing some amazing things with these guys. And so I'm so grateful for that. But let me pray this and we'll jump right into Psalm 23. Father, I thank you so much for the movement that you're doing through our new church and God, the, the people that we continue to meet each and every Sunday that we gather, God, that the stories uh, of just lives being changed and people being healed, God, is just incredible. So Lord, we thank you for what you're going to do this morning with all of us. We thank you, God, that your word is the source that allows us to experience you and to know what you're up to with our lives. And so we just thank you in advance for what you're going to do through this time that we have together. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. amen. Verse 1, it says, the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. What, what's interesting about what David 
the author of Psalm 23 is saying here. It's not a new thought. Matter of fact, throughout the entire Bible, there's a lot of connections with looking at God as a shepherd. But this is real personal for David because he was a shepherd. And I don't know how many of you have been around sheep in your life, but my dad was so cool that he put us in 4-H when we were little. And so, matter of fact, uh, I was a mini shepherd, all right? So this is little Jimmy had a lamb and some amazing shorts uh, from the 70s right there. A little bit hiked up more would be x-rated. I don't know. Um, but... But yeah, so we had lambs uh, at the Kern County Fair growing up, and, and, and sheep are just an amazing creature. And, and as we kind of look at David's look at the Lord as a shepherd, we'll see there's so many similarities of humans to sheep. Matter of fact, out of all the animals that we're compared to, we're compared to sheep more than any other animal in the Bible. And I think there's so many reasons why that is. But, but David, I believe, was right on in comparing the Lord with the shepherd because Jesus shows up on scene, and, and he tells us in the Gospel of John chapter 10, check this out, he says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. So Jesus is coming and saying, hey, I, I want to just kind of add a little bit more flavor on what David told you guys so many years ago that the shepherd that he talked about, I am him. I'm the good shepherd. And so we want to talk about this idea of Jesus being our good shepherd. We want to talk about this, but I, I want to just focus this idea on the fact that David says the Lord is my shepherd. He personalizes this. And see, what I want to tell you guys this morning is Psalm 23 isn't for everybody. I know everyone, it's kind of a feel-good psalm. and you know, It's the goodness of God compacted into six verses. But, but, but the benefits that, that David rattles off in these six verses, it's personal. Because David made a decision in his life that I'm going to let the Lord lead my life like a shepherd leads his flock. See, this is David's analogy of saying, I am putting God in charge of my life. I'm putting the Lord in charge of my life. So maybe the, the idea of shepherding doesn't do it for you. Let, let's take that away for you, for the sake of you kind of understanding the psalm. And let's use the word captain. Let, let's use the word, I don't know, shot caller. Let, let's, let's use the word leader, manager. Somebody is in charge of you, and you are submitting yourself to them and their leadership for your life. And so what David is going to tell us here are 12 benefits that happen for your life when you put God in charge of your life. Because what David is realizing, he's like, I'm a terrible leader of my own life. I'm a terrible manager of my own life. Can you think of a decision you made on your own at some point in your life that came back and bit you in the butt? And you're like, yeah, uh, you don't have time for me to go over that list of how many things I've done to sabotage my own life. And I talk to people as a pastor so often, and people even that, that go to church all the time. And they just continue to stumble in their lives. And, and then I realize, like, as we talk about the benefits of having a relationship with God, and people just, just don't seem to connect. And I, and I realized something years ago 
That, see, a lot of people, even people that, that show up to church every Sunday, they haven't established the Lord as the leader of their life. They have what I call more of like pocket Jesus. Here's pocket Jesus right here. This is pocket Jesus. Now see, pocket Jesus is almost like a, a good luck charm. It's like a rabbit's foot. You know, back in the day, we used to carry rabbit's feet as good luck charms. See, a lot of people, they connect to the concept of Jesus so that they can feel good about their lives, but they fall short of putting him in charge of their lives. Because it's kind of one of those things that people don't like to give up control of their lives. So, so pocket Jesus is great because we can get him out and we can hold him. We can feel good like, oh, Jesus, you're just loving me today. But then when it's inconvenient, you just put him in your pocket and you're able to just go. But people that have pocket Jesus instead of Jesus as the good shepherd of their life personally, they are not experiencing the benefits that God wants to unleash on people that are willing to submit to him and put him in charge of their lives. So no more pocket Jesus. We want to come into a relationship with him where he's the good shepherd of our lives. He's the leader. He's the captain. He's the king. Whatever title you want to give him. It says, let's go over these benefits here. It says here, the first verse, it says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I, and I love how the New Living Translation reads. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. I have all that I need. Here's the first benefit. What happens when you put God in charge of your life, he becomes your provider. He's my provider. You might want to write that down. He's my provider. That when God is, is actually leading you, he is actually supplying you everything that you need for your life. Now, as Americans, I need to just kind of point this out. We have to distinguish needs from wants. Because in our culture, we always have wants. The wants are always there, and commercials are reminding us all the time of the things that we want. But just take a moment and, and think about your needs. I, I know for Tara and I, you know, we've been following Christ for many, many years, decades now. And I, as I kind of reflect back on all the things that have happened on our journey in this life and in this world, every single need that we've ever needed has been met by God. And the times that I felt like maybe the needs haven't been met, I had to kind of do an evaluation to say, maybe God really didn't lead me into these things because we can't follow him perfectly. And so sometimes one of the ways that we'll know that we're off track and we're not really following the shepherd is that things that we think should be in our lives aren't in our lives. So it's a, almost a good indicator, like, oh, maybe you need to reevaluate if this is really the direction that God is calling you. I, I love this thing that I learned years ago. It, it's, um, and I don't know if you have that slide, but where God guides, he provides. Where God guides, he provides. And, and I just think of this church, like, People that were part of our other campuses and, and knew that, you know, the movement of God that was happening in Vegas, Bakersfield, they're going to like, dude, you're going to go and like start a church from scratch. Like, are you kidding me? Like, why would you do that? And I said, because I feel God calling me to do it. 
And, and even though we have, you know, this network of churches, I mean, I wasn't having anybody come up to me and say, hey, I'm going to give you a big check so you can start this church. I didn't have anybody do that. And so I was like, Lord, you told me to do this church, but man, we don't have any capital. We don't have any seed money. I don't know how you're going to do this. And one guy said, hey, I'll help you. And then he bailed out at the 11th hour. And I'm like, man, but you know what? God was faithful. Everything that we needed to start this new church was given to us right at the right time so that we could continue to move forward with what God told us to do. We are here today because God has provided everything that we've needed to do this new campus and this new church for his kingdom. So I don't know what needs you have this morning, but I know that when the Lord is your shepherd, he is your provider. The word there in the Hebrew is Jehovah Jireh. The Lord is my provider. Let's go to verse two. It says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. Here's the second benefit here. He gives me rest. I don't know about you, but I find it difficult to rest. I'm type A, and before I even am doing something, I'm thinking about the next thing that I'm going to do. Anybody else out there like, like me, all right? It's hard to get me to sit still. Tara knows that about me, and, and Tara's like the opposite um, so, so Tara likes to rest. And, and what I've seen so much in marriages is I've seen that, that God takes a type A person that doesn't know how to rest and he partners them up with somebody that's type B and that knows how to rest. And so it, it like we balance each other out, right? Uh, when the person wants to rest too much, we're like, come on, let's go. And, and when the, the person driving is so driven and they're wearing themselves out, the other spouse says, you know, it's time to rest. But here's what the shepherd does. He, he knows that sometimes he can't get us to lay down and enjoy the things that he wants us to enjoy in life. And, and so sometimes he will make us lie down. He, he will make us lie down. I, I tell you, this happens to me so much. But I, I think of like a couple of weeks ago, we went to Malibu. And that is a new experience for a desert guy. Like that we're 20 minutes from the beach. Are you kidding me? Like I sent a picture to Jade, you know, because he's a former Bakersfield guy. I'm like, bro, look where I am. I can't believe this is real life. All right. So I, we're walking, doing our cardio on the beach. And, and you know, we're, we're getting our exercise in. And, and Tara's like, you probably don't want to sit down, hon. Just like, just watch the ocean. And I go, you know what, babe? I, I need to sit down. And so I just sat on the beach with my wife in the sand, and we just watched the ocean. We, did, we, just, we just let that moment just refresh us. Because, see, the Lord is the one that invented rest. And, and we could be disobedient to him as our leader, as our captain, as our shepherd, if we never take the time out to rest the way he wants us to rest because we're running a marathon, gang. And if you're sprinting all the time, there may be no gas left in your tank to get to the finish line. It's easy to start. It's hard to finish. So you need to pace yourself and rest when God is calling you to rest. It says he leads me by quiet waters. The third point is he refreshes me. So, so he gives me rest, but he refreshes me. One thing I want to tell you about this world, it dehydrates you. 
It dehydrates you. I mean, you don't have to do anything, and you're just, it's going to leave you dry and thirsty. And see, what sheep do, they won't drink out of a river that's noisy. They have to have a quiet stream to feel safe enough like they can get a drink. God wants to calm your soul down so that he can put some liquids in your soul so that you get refreshed. Because when you're not refreshed, you're thirsty and you can get to a point in your life where you become, this world dries you out so much. And if you're not allowing the shepherd to lead you by quiet waters to get some drink, you will drink anything that gets put in front of you. Now, I'm a desert guy, so in the summertime, you're working outside. You're working outside 20 minutes, and you, you get thirsty quick. And there's been so many times I, I just outside working it, it just a couple weeks ago, I had that happen. And I'm just like, I'm thirsty. I open the fridge and I drink whatever liquid is staring at me in the face. And I'm just grabbing that. I don't care what it is. It's, you know, uh, hopefully it's good. Right. And and but it's just because I'm wore out. I, I'm, I'm I'm so thirsty. And that's what the Lord does. Verse three. It says he restores my soul. He guides me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. The fourth benefit is he restores me. He restores me. You know, one thing that, that you have around here that we also had uh, in Bakersfield growing up is you have these things called foxtails. Have you ever seen these on the trails around here? No, it kind of looks like, oh, it looks like wheat. Like, you know, maybe you run your hand across them. You know, these things can be completely dangerous to your pets. We almost lost a dog when I was growing up because our dog got one of these stuck in her ears. And, and what's crazy about these foxtails is they'll pop off and they'll get stuck. They'll get lodged in your pet's foot. I have a picture uh, of just kind of what happens with your pet. Show the next one if you could. They, they can get lodged in their foot. And because of the way these things are made, they, they just work their way all the way in. They, they'll penetrate skin. They'll create abscesses, infections. Matter of fact, if your pet inhales them, it can work all the way down into the lung and puncture the lung and create all kinds of abscess. When I worked at a veterinary hospital for uh, a couple of years in high school and going into college, we would treat these pets that would almost be dead because of this little old foxtail that got somehow stuck inside of them. See, let me tell you something about this world. It's got foxtails waiting for all of us. And you don't realize it, but as you're just walking in this world, just like your pet is walking on a trail, a little foxtail gets stuck in you. And it's no big deal at first. It's just kind of there. But you just kind of let it go unchecked, and maybe it starts itching a little bit, and you start kind of scratching it, and, and pretty soon this thing starts working its way. And it can actually work its way all the way to your soul to where actually it is destroying you. It's creating infections inside of you. And it could be anything from, from anger, unforgiveness, lust, or whatever. And it's just kind of there, and it's festering, and it's creating all kinds of damage. And what the Lord does is he has this way of bringing us into a space like this. Or maybe in a devotion time at home when, when you're waking up in the morning and you just sit with the Lord and you put some worship music on. You feel the nudge like, hey, you need to, you need to go to this Bible study. You need to go to church. And you're like, man, I, just, I felt led. Some of you this morning, yesterday you weren't even thinking about church, but this morning you woke up and you had this little nudge like, you need to get to church. 
And that was the shepherd leading you because he wants to restore your soul. What that means is he's pulling out the foxtails that have found their way inside of you, whether it be at work or whether it be just in, you're just living your life. And I know for me personally, I can feel my soul being restored because the, the tears start coming down my my eyes, as I'm worshiping God, as I'm just spending time with the Lord, I, I just get teary-eyed. That's how I know like God's doing a work inside of my soul because I, I start getting teary-eyed. If you see me sometimes uh, worshiping, you see tears coming down. Just he, He's pulling things out of my life that, that honestly, I didn't even know were there. And, and that's the reality for all of us. There's things that have gotten lodged inside of us we're not even aware of until we give ourselves over to the shepherd, and pretty soon he's like, boop, he just starts popping them out, and you're like, oh, I didn't even realize that I was stuck in this place. It says he guides me um, in, in the path of righteousness for his namesake. Number five is he is my life guide. He's my life guide. So there, there's something here to be said about having a tour guide for your life. Now, I went back to Washington and New York a few times with my kids uh, for some trips to kind of see the capital and experience uh, uh, the, the whole space. And um, the first time we went, we didn't go with our school. We just went on our own. And, and so we saw some sights, and, and that was fun. Uh, but when I went back two years later with my son's school, and they actually had a tour set up, and they had a tour guide, man, we saw so much more with the tour guide than when I was on my own. I mean, houses that I literally went by and said, what is that building? Now this tour guide's like, do you know the history behind this building? Let me point it out to you. Let me tell you some things. I was like, whoa, this, it's just like, it's weird. It's the same place that we were a couple years ago, but I'm seeing it completely differently, all because this time I had a tour guide. The shepherd wants to be our tour guide for our lives, things that we would just pass by and this, the, the tour guide of our life. Our shepherd, the Lord, is like, hey, hey, wait a minute, wait a minute, don't go by that too fast. See that person right there that down aisle 12 that, that, that's right now picking out some cereal? That person right there? I put you in this path with this person so you could pray for them. That has happened to me so many times in my life. It just happened to me this uh, last, what, on Thursday, I was having the, a meal over at Sharky's, and I talked to this kid that was serving me as we were there, and uh, I was about ready to leave, and I had to use the restroom, and he was cleaning the restroom, and I just knew the tour guide stopped me and said, Jim, I put him in your path because you're supposed to speak a word to him. And so I told him, I go, hey, I want to invite you to church, but I also want to tell you, man, God's up to something. There's an issue going on in your life, and he's up to something, and it's amazing, and he wants me to tell you. He's like, wow, I really appreciate that. He's our tour guide. And when you live life with him leading your life, oh, it just opens up, and it just makes life so much more. Here's the second part of that. It says in John chapter 10, verse 4, I love how this says, says, he, the good shepherd, walks ahead of the sheep and they follow him for they recognize his voice. See, one of the things that you need to understand is that the guide is ahead. He's ahead and he's and he's leading you in the right direction. He, he's showing you where to go. See, this is how shepherds are different than cowboys. Shepherds take the sheep 
from behind them and say, follow. They, they like an example of this is where we're going. So the shepherd kind of, kind of leads from the front, but a cowboy drives from behind. And let me tell you something about the Lord. He's not a cattle driver. He's not going to push you into something. He wants to lead you so that you will follow him. This is why Jesus spent so much time telling his disciples, follow me, follow me, follow me, follow me. Scripture after scripture where he's saying, hey, if you follow me, the life that I have for you is so much better than the life you would ever pave away for yourself if you were just to try to figure out how to get to where you want to go. This, which leads me to this point that has really changed my life. Following Christ will make your life better and will make you better at life. But the key here, church, is that he's your guide. And he will guide you into righteousness. And that word righteousness, I know it's a kind of a spiritual term, but it's really simple. He wants to guide you in the right way to lead your life, the, the right way to live your life. Verse 4, it says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for you are with me in your rod and your staff that comfort me. Before I jump into the, the sixth thing that, that we benefit from, I, I just want to point out for the fact that it says you walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Here's the reality of all of our lives. We all are going to walk through some valleys of the shadow of death. All of us are. But notice it says you're going to walk through them. You're not going to live in them. You're walking through your valley right now, but I want to just speak a word of encouragement over you. That is not your final address. You just got to walk through. And you just know as you keep walking, the valley is going to turn to a mountaintop eventually if you keep walking. Somebody once told me, if you're going through hell, keep on going. I like that. And some of you this morning, I, I know because I've lived, uh, you know, 40 plus years of my life. I know that valleys are real and that things get tough sometimes. But you need to understand when the shepherd is leading your life, he's leading you through that valley and he's leading you through it to number six, to rescue you from the fear that those valleys cause. The valleys are scary. There's a lot of unknowns in the valley. You're, you're in a low point of your life, and sometimes you can get to a low point. You, you kind of start wondering, am I ever going to get out of this low point? Am I ever going to be able to, to get out of this space that I'm in? You know, being a pastor for as long as I, I've been, I, I have walked families through tragedies that, that I wish upon no human being. I mean, terrible, terrible stuff. And as I... I've walked through some, some tragedies that have taken place. You know, as a pastor, I, I get to help lead them to the shepherd so he can lead them through the valley. And, and I've watched them. I've watched God show up on scene as people have lost their children in violent acts or in cancers. And, and I've watched God not just walk people through with them, but he's actually carried them in their sorrow, in their tragedy. So not just that he's with us, but that he actually carries us when we're in those valleys. And I've watched him do it time and time again. He rescues me from fear. Why? Because you're not alone. 
God is with you. Again, I said this a couple weeks ago, and I think Pastor Phil said it last week, that the most repeated promise in the Bible, God says, is I'm with you. You're not walking through that valley by yourself. He's with you, and let that conquer any fear that is trying to overtake your life. Here's the seventh thing, is that he protects me and directs me. His rod and staff comfort me. Now, for us, not kind of knowing ancient times and how they used to shepherd sheep, but they would have two main things uh, the shepherds would to be able to take care of their sheep. The rod was a weapon to keep the predators away from sheep because I don't know if you've checked out sheep, but they're pretty defenseless. They're just a big ball of wool, really no teeth to bite or do any damage. And so, I mean, when, when any kind of predator goes around sheep, they're like, hey, it's lunchtime. So a shepherd would have a rod to fight off any predators that would be coming near the sheep. But the, the staff was uh, uh, another kind of instrument. The staff was used to kind of get the sheep back into the herd. The, the staff was used because here, here's what sheep do. They, they tend to kind of veer off path. They tend to kind of wander away from the herd. And then they can get lost as they wander away. Think about our lives. Think about how many times things come against us and, and, and we just kind of feel attacked. Has anybody here felt attacked this week? I mean, attacks happen all the time, but we have a shepherd who's leading our life that's like smacking demons off of us all the time that are trying to destroy us. And some of you had a hard week, but I can't imagine what kind of week you would have had if the Lord wasn't your shepherd. You might have felt a little bit of... of uh, Maybe some, some things coming against you, but can you imagine how much you would have felt coming against you if the shepherd wasn't there beating off some of the other things that come against you? I, I wonder if we get to heaven, if the Lord's going to play a movie sometimes of the spaces that we've been in. He's like, you know, you, you, were, you were having a hard time, but can I show you the, the ways that I defended you and the ways that people were trying to come against you? And I, I defended you. The Lord is defending us even when we can't see it. But he's also keeping us from wandering. Remember, he is the shepherd that will leave the 99 for the one that has gotten off path. And he's so kind. He'll, he'll prod us along and he'll gently remind us. If, if, you, if you're starting to wander from him, he'll, he'll use a sermon. He'll use a friend texting you. He, he'll use maybe a devotional book. He'll, he'll use these little methods to come to you and say, hey, Jimmy, <laughs> you're getting off course. I need to remind you, hey, before you get lost here, I'm here to make sure that you stay on course. Verse 5, it says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You have anointed my head with oil and my cup overflows. There's three benefits in, in this one verse alone. Number eight, if you're taking notes, he gives me honor and favor. It says he, he's preparing this table. It's this feast that he's doing in, in the presence of the enemies. And, and I was doing a little study on this. This is fascinating to me because, you know, the, the way they kind of set their feasts up, you had to be invited to these banquets. And a lot of these banquets were outside so people could see the banquet. And a lot of times when the king or the, the people of influence had parties, it was about the who's who. They brought people in. They said, hey, we, we want you to feel important. So you're invited to our party. 
And so they would come and all the other people that weren't invited kind of would walk by. Like sometimes how you walk by a restaurant and you go, oh, there's so-and-so. It's like, so they had this thing going on. And David's like, you know what, Lord? I have people in my life that I don't think they're rooting for my success. I, I think they're cheering for my failure. Have you felt people in your circle of friends or your circle of family that just you, you just maybe nobody told you like, hey, I'm cheering for you to mess up. But you just kind of felt it. You felt it in the friction of the relationship. You're like, you don't want me to succeed, man. You want to see me just bite my face on the pavement, man. That's what you want. So I feel like David is going through some things and he's just like, you know what? I know there's a lot of people that want to see me fail. But Lord, I know that when you're leading my life, you're putting me in a place of honor and favor where my enemies are going to have to come by and say, whoa, look what God is doing with David, even though we don't like it. I mean, this is the, the group of mean girls that are seeing the girl that is not the popular girl get invited to become the homecoming queen. David's saying, I I'm getting the place of honor, even though the enemies of my life don't want to see me be honored. Verse or uh, benefit nine, it says he anoints my head with oil. Shepherds used oil for medicinal purposes for their sheep. But we also know the biblical reference to anointing, and that is when God had a special calling and ministry on somebody, they would, they would anoint them with oil. David was anointed with oil at an early age while he was still being a shepherd as the next king of Israel. So there's some spiritual references here, but there's also just some, some practical references here that, that the most problematic area of your life, of you, is your head. Can I say that one more time? The most problematic area of you is your head. The mind is all kinds of different things. But it says, David's like, hey, I'm so glad, God, that when, when I'm letting you lead my life, you're touching my head all the time, all those thought bubbles that just want to take over and just want to make me paint this picture that's not even real. Most of the stuff we stress about, worry about, get mad about isn't even real. It's all made up in here. And we start talking to people, they're like, that is not even true. How many things that we have bought into that aren't even true because our heads convinced us that they were true? Romans chapter 12, verse 2, one of my favorite verses of the entire Bible. Don't be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by how? The renewing of your minds. The shepherd is renewing your mind all the time, and the more you're letting him lead your life, the more he's just purging you and fleshing out or fleshing out those things that are just kind of causing you to just go all over the place. And number 10 is he gives me overflowing life. It says, my cup overflows. This is probably the strongest reference here to John chapter 10. One of uh, the, the, the famous verses of, of chapter 10 says, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. But I came, Jesus said, that they may have life and have it in abundance or to the full until it overflows, the um, Amplified Bible says. So Jesus, our good shepherd, wants to come into our life and not just fill us full of life. He wants us so full of life that everywhere we walk, we're splashing it out on people that desperately need to know that there's a way and there's a path and there's a, there, there's a, 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 a perfect place that they can receive life. I don't know about you, how much you're splashing over, but when the Good shepherd is leading you. That's the effect that he has. Verse 6. Surely goodness and mercy 
or loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. One translation says, God's kindness chases me everywhere that I go. I love that. Here's the 11th benefit here, is goodness and loving kindness follow my life. In other words, as you follow the shepherd, there's a residue that is left behind your life that people will be able to smell. That there's an aroma coming off of your life the the more that you hang out with the shepherd. And, And the aroma that David is saying is there's goodness and there's loving kindness. There's this mercy that as I'm following my shepherd that that it's following me. That, that when you're following God, there's, there's a sense of goodness that is coming out of your life and leaking on all the people that are around your life. There's a, a loving kindness about you that is infectious, that, that there's a residue that gets on the people that are around you in close proximity because everywhere you go, there's goodness and loving kindness and mercy following you. And the biggest compliment you can get as a follower of Christ is somebody that barely knows you says there's something about you that is sweet. There's something about you that is loving. There's something about you that is kind. Uh, And and I I don't want to say this in a bragging way, but I just want to use it as an example because it it just meant the world to me to hear this, that we had uh, our friend Katie Hurst, who has led worship here a couple times, and she stays over at the Best Western uh, when she comes here. And last time she was here, she said, uh, we went to lunch, and she said, what was so neat, Jim, is I I went to the hotel, they remembered me. And I said, oh, yeah, you know, that's great. You know, you you got such a great personality. And she said, they didn't remember me because of me. They remembered me because of you. And I said, what do you mean by that? She said, the the gal that was my check-in, she said, oh, I, I, I remember you because you were a part of that church where that Pastor Jim is a part of. And I remember him coming in here on Thursdays. And I remember him, well, that's where we were doing a life group. And I remember him when, when they were planning the church. He would come in here. And there's something about him that's just so loving and kind. Like, I'll never forget him. And when, when she was telling me this, man, I got, I got teary-eyed again. And, and I was just like, Whoa. Now, I didn't go out of my way going, I gotta be nice to her, I gotta be nice. I just, I was just being me. But the more that you're following the shepherd, the more that kind of stuff is going to be coming from your life as well. Here's number 12 I'm gonna live with him forever. See, you're moving through the valley of the shadow of death, but your permanent address is with him. Your permanent address is in heaven. Your permanent address. We just read that in our Bible study yesterday, that that our citizenship as followers of Jesus is in heaven. It's not here. And for some of you, that's great news because you're like, this world's tough. You're just moving through it. The Lord's like, "I, I have a house prepared for you. So when you leave this place and you check out, you're gonna be with me. And so knowing this, that we're going to live for him, it should weigh on you going, if I'm going to be in his house, I'm going to be with him, that I need to be preparing myself for that moment. And matter of fact, our whole life, if you think about it, is preparing us for that moment where we're going to stand before God and he's going to say, well done, good and faithful servant, enter into my casa. I don't know if God will say my casa, but 
But he's going to say, hey, welcome home. And I don't know about you, but that has a profound impact in how I'm making my decisions now. That if I know that's where I'm going, I want to leverage everything in this life for that moment. Or my shepherd and my God says, welcome home. So I don't know where you're at. I'm going to have the band come up. I, I, I don't know where you're at this morning. I, I don't know. Maybe you're like me. And for the first four years of this commitment that I made to Jesus, he was pocket Jesus for me. I, I, I wasn't seeing him do the things that the pastor was talking about. And I was like, why, why is it working for him? Why does the Bible say it works, but, but it's not working in my life? And I had to come to a reality that was because Jesus was never meant to be put in my pocket, but that I was meant to be put in Jesus' pocket. And that's how it works. That is how the goodness of God that is un wrapped in Psalm 23 begins happening for your life. It comes to a, a decision that you make to say, you know what? I'm not going to be the shot caller. I'm not going to be the leader or the manager of my own life. I'm turning it over to him. It's that easy. It's not complicated. But let me tell you, it's a daily decision. When you wake up out of bed saying, who's leading my life today? You're making a commitment every day that when you wake up uh, of who is going to lead that day for you. And the more days that you are giving room for Jesus to really be the good shepherd for you, for your life, the more that goodness, the more that loving kindness that we read in Psalm 23 is happening for your life. Hey, thank you for tuning in today to another message from Atmosphere Church. If this message has spoken to your heart, would you take a moment and share it with your friends? You can connect with us on YouTube, iTunes Podcast, Facebook, Twitter, and even on Instagram. Simply do a search for Atmosphere Church through these various platforms and click either the follow or subscribe buttons. It's another great way for us to be able to stay connected with you. And until next time, we pray you'll keep the faith, spread the hope, and live the love. God bless you.